You're listening to the CD Baby. CD Baby. CD Baby DIY Musician Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 134 of the CD Baby DIY Musician Podcast. My name is Kevin Bruner, your host for the show. And first off, I just want to say it's been great getting all the emails and comments and feedback about the last episode we had, which was the Roundtable Edition, where we discussed the recent comments by the head of iTunes, where he said, music is dead. And it was great getting your opinions and feedback and and just thoughts on uh, someone like iTunes saying that music is dead. If you'd like to weigh in on any of our episodes, we'd encourage you to do so. There's a couple great ways to do that. First off, the comment section for each episode at cdbabypodcast.com. Or you can just email us, podcast at cdbabypodcast.com, and we might actually read uh, your email on the air. Or you can call our listener line at 360-524-2209. We love getting phone messages as well, and we'll drop those into the show occasionally. So if you've got something that you want to contribute to the show, That's the way to do it, and we encourage you to do so. Now, on to today's episode. Today, you're going to hear my interview with Shannon Curtis. Shannon Curtis is an independent artist turned house concert expert. She got tired of the typical grind playing clubs and tried to do something different with her touring and just reach out to her fans and play shows specifically for them at their homes. Her approach is a little different than what we've talked about in the past with house concerts. And uh, she got so good at it that she decided to turn all of her experience into a book. Shannon has a brand new book called No Booker, No Bouncer, No Bartender, How I Made $25,000 on a Two-Month House Concert Tour, and How You Can Too. She basically took all the information, really detailed stuff, about how she approaches booking a tour with house concerts. And this summer, she's embarking on another house concert tour to support the release of her new album. And I expect it will be just as successful as her past tours. Oh, I should also mention that she has a ton of photos on her website at shannoncurtis.net. If you're a visual person like me, you'll want to check that out. Everything from the different setups at the house concerts, some of the gear, it really helps you uh, just visualize what you can do uh, with the house concert model. Lastly, be sure to stick around to the end of the episode where you're going to hear a track off of Shannon's new album that she's releasing this summer called Metaforma, and the track is called I Am With You. So stick around after the interview, and with all that being said, let's get to my interview with Shannon Curtis. All right, well, joining me is Shannon Curtis. Shannon, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Good. Great to finally get a chance to interview you. You've been in the CD Baby family for years. Yeah. And you go way back to back when I was doing some sync licensing for CD Baby. I think that was 2008. I think you're right. And uh, so you've been uh, been doing some cool things since then. And so you have a new book that you're kind of promoting, I should say. And, yep. and you have a new album coming up. Yep. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as an artist and then uh, we can talk about the book and what everything you've been up to. That sounds great. So yeah, I've been doing a solo stuff since about 2007 and uh, was in a band prior to that. But but this current iteration of my music career started in 2007 and I, you know, I, I make um, 
what I call down-tempo dream pop music. It's kind of like Sarah McLachlan meets Massive Attack, you might say. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Right on. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, started out doing, you know, the touring that, that you're supposed that they tell you you're supposed to do to build a fan base. You know, you, you, you make the rounds and you play the coffee houses and the clubs and you, you know, wash, rinse, repeat and try to, you know, build a fan base. And, and I, I spent many years doing that. Also doing, you know, college shows. I, I had, um, I've done a lot of shows on the college circuit. And I kind of used those to sort of tour support myself, really, like to pay for the rest of my touring. And did that for a number of years, and you know, I just I would see some growth, but it wasn't it wasn't very you know fast growth. It was it was hard work. I was not seeing like the the kind of upward trajectory that I had hoped in the traditional touring uh, model. And purely by accident, uh, a couple years ago, a fan of mine in San Diego sent me a Facebook message, and she's like, "Hey, you haven't played in San Diego in a while. You should come play here. You could play in my living room. We could take donations. It would be fun." I was like. Okay, <laughs> you know, like, like I figured at least I would make gas money, and sure, this could be fun. So, and I live in Los Angeles, so no big deal. I drove down to San Diego, and I had this total light bulb moment at this show uh, where uh, there was this living room full of people. It was dead quiet. You could hear a pin drop. These people were hanging on every word that I had to to share with them that night. It was so much fun. It was the most fun show I'd performed in a very, very, very long time because there was just this utter connectedness you know, in the room. And to our great surprise, we walked away with way more than gas money that night. And so <laughs> this was the big light bulb. Like, oh, this was fun. And I made a lot of money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was kind of the birth of this whole house concert idea. And uh, I had, um, you know, like I said, been doing that whole club touring route for a while. And, and I had really decided to, to really dedicate myself for five months. I was going to do five West Coast cities once a month for five months in a row. So Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, LA, and Sacramento, right? And I scheduled all these club shows and I'm like, well, you know, maybe we could do some filler dates as house concerts. Mm -hmm. You know, that could be a way to keep ourselves busy on the road and not be wasting money. And so we did, we built filler date house concerts with fans of mine, you know, that hosted the shows in their living rooms. And over the course of five months, on every single measurable metric, the house concerts were outperforming the club shows. And so that was really the, the testing ground for this model that we developed and then put into this book, which I'm sure we're going to talk more about, but yeah. Yeah. The book's called no booker, no bouncer, no bartender, how I made 25 K on a two month house concert tour. So you took all these, these things that you were learning with house concerts and put it into a book so anyone could repeat it. Exactly. and uh, so I'm sure there's a lot of folks that are listening that have, that have heard about house concerts, maybe don't understand exactly what we're talking about, or some folks sure. that have heard about us, because we've, we've talked about it, it's been years, but we've had someone on the podcast before that had mentioned house concerts. You, there's probably some differences between what people are doing and what, what, what ideas are yep. being tried. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, kind of what you did? Sure, sure. So, yeah, I had, I had heard of house concerts before. And there's a very well-established tradition of house concerts in this country. Like, And I think it's mostly – you mostly see it in, like, the folk and Americana traditions. And there's a very well-established, like, house concert venue circuit in, in the United States, which you may or may not have, have heard of, um, which are wonderful things. And I think it's it's great that they're out there. But in a lot of ways, that house concert venue circuit can can um, uh, 
bring a lot of the same problems that you might have in the traditional touring circuit and that there is a gatekeeper. Like there's, you know, hundreds of people emailing that house concert host saying, hey, can I play at your house concert mm-hmm. venue? And, you know, then you've got to convince them to let, that, let you come play and play for their audience and whatnot. Um, but the way that we started doing it accidentally with this fan in San Diego was they were fan powered. So like essentially we're partnering with people who follow my music, people who like me as a person who, you know, like it, we've done these in, you know, at my mom's house at my dad's <laughs> house, a couple of aunts and uncles, but you know, but people who are either fans or they're just fans of me as a person, fans of my music. And it's those people who are becoming sort of like the little promoters because the, the guests at the house concert, are their friends, their social groups. And so instead of trying to get a piece of the, you know, the music fan marketplace in any given city, we're creating new little markets Mm -hmm. in every place that we're going by using the partnership with my fans to put on the shows. So when you're talking about house concerts, uh, I'm, I'm sure lots of people are, are visualizing different scenarios. Sure. What what kind of situation houses is it? Is it someone's living room with a couch and three people? Is it is it <laughs> right. someone's you know Sometimes, mansion yeah. with like a thousand <laughs> people? Or what, what what are we dealing with That's here? That's true. So it, it kind of runs the gamut actually, and I've done shows in mansions for you know a couple hundred people, and I've done shows in rundown garages for four people, you know, but you know, and I've, I've done so many of these that we've, we've now sort of, and, and that's kind of why we wrote the book is sort of like to put together all of the details that we've learned that make a successful house concert. So yes, I mean, a house concert at its, at its core is, Hey, let's get together in someone's living room and one of us will play music and mm-hmm. Hey, concert, but <laughs> to do it well, you know, there are, there are some things. So, so our shows take place in all different kinds of play in all different kinds of homes, backyards, living rooms, apartments. Um, uh, we've done them in other alternative spaces like someone's photo studio or, you know, that kind of thing. But essentially it's, it's an alternative venue. Mostly, most times a home where people are gathered and do you, perform a show for them in this in this space um and we found some things you know that 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 we that we do that we make sure to do to sort of maximize the outcome of you know that that can create a good house concert so hopefully you have more than three people there you know in our in our case the way you know i will confirm a show with a fan if they can tell me that they'll have a minimum number of 20 adults there because for me i've found that that's sort of a tipping point at which Mm -hmm. it feels like an event it feels like something special it's not like a you know, eight awkward people in one room. Like, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. it feels like a cool thing. Also, because we do all the shows by open donations, that seems to be the number at which the collective compensation starts to make sense for me as a performer. Like, you know, once 20 people are giving to the donation, you know, vessel at the end of the night, that starts to make sense in terms of, you know, the money that you can make. So, Interesting. So a lot of the, with these shows, you're not going in with a set guarantee. Nope, not. Occasionally I'll have a host that doesn't want to do the donation route. They want to just treat their friends to a special concert in their home, in which case we've worked out a guarantee structure that, you know, that works for us. Um, but the vast majority of the shows that I do are just on open donation, which is, I think, one of the things that has made it really successful is because it's accessible to just about anybody. I mean, like, I don't have, not all of my fans have deep pockets, you mm-hmm. know, it's not like they're all lawyers and doctors and stuff. So to be able to do this on a mass scale with many, many people, you need to make it as accessible as possible. So really the only, the two basic requirements for a host of one of my shows is that they have a space for us to gather, 
you know, and that space can be kind of a lot of different, there's a lot of different options for that. And that they'll have a minimum number of 20 adult friends joining us at the event. So there's not a cash, there's not a cash, uh, like threshold, upfront cash threshold they have to get over. Like that can scare people away. But if they're like, oh yeah, I could get 20 people to come see Shannon perform in my living room and that would be really cool. Then just about anyone can do that, yeah. you know? And then you can reproduce it because it's accessible for a yeah. lot of people. So the, the one thing that, that comes to my mind is the idea of, uh, I mean, because I don't, I don't think you mentioned how many shows you played on your the, the one tour that inspired the book. How many shows did you play? That was 50 shows. 50. And then you've got another tour coming up where you're playing 60. Yeah. That, that seems like the one thing I, that pops into mind is that you're dealing with a lot of people who've never planned or booked a show before. True. That seems like a lot of work on your end. How do you manage that relationship and, yeah. and help walk those folks through that so, so it's not a disaster? I will tell you about that. And it is a lot of work, but honestly the amount of time that I spend booking a house concert tour is way less time than the amount of time I have spent booking club tours mm -hmm. in the past. Cause you know, club tour, you're emailing a promoter five times before they ever even return your first email, yeah. you know, and trying to get the time slot you want and like the communication, it's just, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, if you've done it, I'm sure you've done it. Yes. You know yes. how much work that is. <laughs> the big difference when you're working with people who are host, your fans who are hosting your shows is that they're totally excited about this. So that when you send them an email saying, Hey, what do you think about this date? Like five minutes later, they're emailing you back. Yeah. I'm so excited. You know? So like in terms of the workload, I honestly feel like it's a lot less work in some ways, um, but it is it is still work, and I do a lot of um, of of, of um, helping my my hosts to help to plan successful events. And so, like I do have a, a like a seven page long PDF that I send each of our hosts with like pretty pictures and stuff too, you know. So it's not just dry <laughs> reading. Trying. There will be a test at the end of this, <laughs> you know. But like it, the outlines, you know, here are some qualities of a good house concert. Here's how we're going to achieve a, you know, a successful event. And the thing is, these are people who support your music. These are people who support what I'm doing. They want it to be a successful night. And they, generally speaking, know that they don't know what they're doing and are open to that help. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so we've, we've, just devised a um, sort of a step-by-step. -step. And again, that's kind of a lot of the details that the book goes into this, these very, very detailed step-by-step -step suggestions for making the most possible successful night. And, um, and we do, we walk through those things with the host, you know, things like the timing of the event, you know, like I, I found that it's really important to have like an hour's worth of time from when guests show up to when the show starts, because that's a great amount of time for people to get comfortable, mm -hmm. um, but not so comfortable that it becomes unfocused and then they're not sure why they're there, you know, yeah. <laughs> or it's before they've had that third drink that they're like not paying attention anymore, you know, things like that. You gotta hate those rowdy house concerts where things get out of hand. <laughs> yeah, you know that's funny because actually some people will be like, "Oh yeah, we'd love to host you for a house party," and yeah. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! This is a house concert, yeah. and here's why." Like, you know, there's there's another thing that we make sure that we do for each of the events to make sure that they're successful is that we want everybody to be able to have a seat. Mm -hmm. You know, that's we, the benefit of a house concert is that you have a you have the opportunity to make really deep connections with people, you know, and you can do that most effectively when, when, when you can optimize your environment to make that happen. So when people are actually paying attention, you know, you're not in a club, you're not, you're not dealing with the guy blending margaritas, you know, and in your most sensitive moment of yeah. your set, you know, so you, you can kind of, you know, do things like making sure everyone is seated because 
then they're going to pay attention to what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't devolve into a house party, but yeah. it's a concert. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Do you have any, uh, did you, any house concerts where you showed up and you're like, oh no, or, oh, yeah. or <laughs> <laughs> tell us about those. <laughs> so, you know what? It's going to happen and it's happened to me. Like last summer, we definitely had a show where we showed up and I first thought we were actually at the wrong place. I'm like, I surely we've gotten the wrong address, but I called the host and he's like, Oh no, I'm here. I'll come right down. I'm like, Oh, we are at the right place. Great. <laughs> and it was a dingy garage with four people, you know, and even though I had done all of the prep, you know, I, I, I learned a lot from that experience actually and improved upon my, my preparation for this year's concert tour, you know, um, as a result of that. But like, but yes, it has happened. And so what I did that night and what I do when those kinds of things happen is I behave like the professional that I am and I do the show just like I would be playing for a group of 50 people mm-hmm. and bring my A game and, you know, and, and do it right because that's what I do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about that is that even, you know, I've had some shows where, yeah, they're not the, they're not the best shows maybe, but you never know who's in your audience. And mm-hmm. I've had some of those where, you know, there's somebody in the audience who hosts a house concert the next year and it's a thousand dollar night. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just never know. So you always, you always act like the professional that you are and bring your A game, you know? <laughs> Even in a dingy garage, which half the clubs in America are dingy garages <laughs> anyway. <true>. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Lots of experience with <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, what, you know, you, you talked about, you just mentioned make, you know, having a thousand dollar night. Is there any typical uh, kind of average night that you tend to shoot for in order to plan out the tour to make it make sense? Because I'm assuming that you're not the, the, the house concert host isn't providing room and board for you sometimes they do mm-hmm. sometimes they do yeah in fact um, how do you determine that when you're talking to them because you know if you show up to that dingy garage and they're true they're, they're... it's true well you know i think i've gotten better at figuring out uh what the situation's going to be in advance mm-hmm. you know that that obviously was a mistake of on my part last year i didn't read that situation correctly yeah. <laughs> you know but for the most part you can kind of tell who you're dealing with and you know oh we've got a spare bedroom that you know my sister used to live in but now she's at college and it's you know it's yours you know like you can kind of get a sense but you know another thing is that we've done this now um for enough years that um a lot of people will have us return to their house like it's become like an annual event at Mm -hmm. some people's homes and we've become great friends with these people it's not just that they're fans of my music anymore but they're our friends and like deeply part of our community which Mm -hmm. is is amazing. And so we look forward to going and they would be hurt if we didn't stay in Mm -hmm. the spare bedroom, you know? So like that has kind of developed over time. But, um, but you were asking about like an average, you know, take in a night last summer. Um, we averaged, uh, $500 a night Wow. between donations and merch sales. Um, and, uh, I think that was pretty good for, for independent touring. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's really good. And that range is like on the high, on the high end. We had like a, a 1200 plus night one night last year. And I think our low was in the three hundreds, you know, so there's, and there's a range in between there. Mm-hmm. So. so on these tours, are you providing the sound system or are they 
supplying that for no, you. No, no, no. They, they don't have sound systems. You have to bring your you gotta bring your own. Yeah, these are not these are not people who host house concerts, right? Yeah. These are just regular folks who are fans of my music. And so yes, we bring all the infrastructure. But actually, um, one of the things that we did in the book, and it's actually a, um, available on my website as well, just for anyone to go and read, um, is a detailed description of the equipment that we use as a PA, which is essentially a PA that fits in a backpack. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, we travel in a Volkswagen Jetta with my 88, 88 key keyboard in a flight case, our luggage, all of the merch and backstock and a PA yeah. <laughs> in a Jetta. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we bring a, a, a little PA that's enough to power, you know, um, it can power a living room. It can power a backyard. We've done, we've done, you know, a show for a couple hundred people in a backyard. No problem with this mm-hmm. little PA. I've, you were talking to me earlier today when we were uh, talking about preparing for this interview that yeah. uh, why this is such a powerful model with right. connecting with fans. Tell us about your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I, I didn't, um, it's not like I theorized about all this before, you know, starting it, but these are things that I've learned in the course of doing over 150 house concerts over the last couple of years. And I think that, that, that one of the things that makes this model so powerful is that, um, is that I'm engaging in partnership with my fans to create really unique and awesome experiences for them and their community of people. And it's just a highly connective environment. I mean, you've been to a show, you've been to plenty of shows where like, even if, even if a friend drug you there, like, Oh, you got to check this band. They're a great band. And you go to the show and you're like, Oh yeah, they were a great band. And then you forget the name of the band three days later because probably you were there having fun with your friends and it was a club and you were having a couple of drinks, you know, like there's a lots of reasons to have a good time and then forget. But how often have you gone to your friend's living room and sat on their couch and then like laughed and cried over the course of an hour because this artist was there, you Mm -hmm. know, performing for you and putting on this great show that you had this, like you had a moment, you shared something, you shared something deeper and more connective than I think a traditional club show can offer. And um, what we've found is that that partnership, that connectivity, that intimacy has translated into uh, well, on a, on a, on a, an artist fulfillment sort of like level. I mean, I can't tell you, I, I, I love performing house concerts. It's so incredibly rewarding as a performer, just on the, you know, the ooey gooey side of like how it feels, (laughs) you know, then in terms of like the, the making new fans, I mean, like, when, when you can bring an experience like that to a living room full of people, they're with you. Mm-hmm. Like you can convert an entire room full of people in one hour mm-hmm. to be fans, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and there's a, a really high percentage of that. And then in terms of like f- the financial side, you know, you bring that kind of experience and people will, people will uh, support that experience with the donations they give, with merch sale. We sell so much merch. Yeah. Merch, merch was 45% of our income on last summer's tour. Wow. Um, but, you know, they've, they've had this experience. They want to take a piece of you home with them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to a much greater degree, I think, than, than any of the other kind of touring yeah. I've ever done. For an artist who's wanting to try something like this, how do you recommend them first, like starting that conversation with their fans? Cause yeah. it could, you know, I'm sure you see it online as well. Artists, God bless them. Aren't the best at <laughs> telling people stuff. That's they're, true. they're like just 
buy my music and just yes. kind of feel like people are, why are you shouting at me to buy your music? Totally. But, but it just how do you approach that in a way that, you know, your fans take you seriously and kind of start that dialogue? It's in a, a really good question. And, you know, the first time that, that we decided to do a whole tour of house concerts, it was kind of a crazy idea. And, and the way that I approached it with my fans, I sent out a newsletter to my mailing list. Um, and then I blasted it out on social media too. I'm like, okay, I have this crazy idea, mm-hmm. but I'm going to need your help to make it happen. Here's my idea. I want to do a house concert tour, but in order for this to happen, I'm going to need people to volunteer as hosts. Here are the two very little basic minimum requirements, a space to gather and 20 people to come who'd like to join me on this adventure. And I think that, that, that the, the way of approaching it as like, I, I want to like, and it was, it's, it was an, it's an invitation. It's mm-hmm. not a, it's not another ask. It's not another like, please buy this. Please do yeah. that. Please like this. Please, please, please. It's, Hey, you want to do something really cool with me? Or I have this crazy idea. Can you, do you think you can help me make this happen? And it's this idea of partnership. It's this idea of, of, of engaging them to be a part of something with you because there's just as much in it for them as there is for yeah. you in some ways, you know, they're the, they're the ones who have this cool experience of their, one of their favorite artists coming and playing in their living room and they get to be the yeah. one that says, hey, all my friends check out who yeah. I got, you know, it's yeah. neat. It's yeah. a really cool thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's cool that you put all this down in a book because, uh, the, the interesting thing that, that I find when artists, find other ways where you know like writing a book or telling about their experiences how it kind of can get a broader reach for their music as well right so tell us about you know the books hasn't been out that long but uh, you've already seen some seen some success from it oh, and, totally. and uh it's kind of cool because it's opening up more conversations and bringing you and your music to a, a different level of people that didn't know about you before that's true that's true i've had conversations with people uh, literally from all over the world as a result of this book and and yes yeah, some of them listen to my music and that's great but i don't necessarily need for those people to become fans of my music. I mean, that's a great side benefit, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, this the house concert model is earning me lots of new fans yeah. all the time. So, yeah. like, we've got that working. Um, but in terms of, like, th- talking about the book, like, I, I've, I've had so many great conversations with people, literally, from all over the world who have been so excited about this idea because so many of us bang our head against the wall trying to figure out we want to make more money and we want to make more fans. Mm-hmm. And how the heck do we do that? Yeah. And I just really feel like this is a, this is a method that an independent artist can 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 take control of that where we feel we feel very powerless a lot of the time to to you know achieve those goals in our careers um but i've heard from people who have have told me oh my gosh this is this could be career changing thank Mm -hmm. you so much but the cool thing about it is that like I, i i'm happy to share the information because it's not like it's not like um anyone's gonna eat my lunch you know Mm -hmm. there's infinite possibilities out there. There are 7 billion people on this planet, you know, many of to whom music is very, very important. It's not as though me telling you my, my house concert secrets is going to diminish my success in any way. There's no competition here, you know, Mm -hmm. where there is a lot of competition in a lot of other parts of our industry, we become very distrustful of one another, you know, but this is a case I believe of, of, of one candle lighting another, not diminishing the flame of Mm -hmm. the first, you know, and, um, I think it's exciting because I think it's it can be really empowering to a lot of artists to to own their own success. Mm-hmm. So do you do you find yourself thinking, hmm, maybe I should book a club tour? I've done the house concerts. Should I should I go back to trying to play some of the clubs? Do you, do you find yourself thinking that at all? Or? Not at all. 
Really? Not at all. In fact, so I I, I, I I did one club tour last summer for a CD release show in Sacramento, California, where I have a concentrated fan base because I wanted to do a CD release show and not, not everybody hosts a house concert. So I'm like, ah, well, we'll do a club show. And it was a great show and I'm glad I did it. But this year we're like, okay, we're putting out a new album. Let's make this CD release show a house concert. Why not? Mm-hmm. Because I, I just... No, I have no interest in going back into a club. I like I'm I'm so completely sold out for this idea that I I have no interest whatsoever in in looking back. In fact, what I am really interested in actually is figuring out how to how to grow this model into mm-hmm. into you know in new ways like how can i bring even more of a wow experience to people's living rooms and backyards like how yeah. can i how can i innovate in this in mm-hmm. this space and that with this idea you know uh there there are a lot of possibilities well cool um do you have any final words of advice for an artist that would like to get into house concerts i know that the club scene is a tough seen to it, as an artist to break from it it sucks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all know it sucks <laughs> totally. but at know. the same time you feel like this is what i'm supposed to do and we're right. just supposed to hate our lives and be and miserable you know and if, if you feel like you need to be playing in clubs you should definitely keep doing that like i'm not i'm not here to say you should stop playing in clubs yeah. i'm just here to say there's this other alternative out there that really i mean anytime you want to get going on this it's in your power to do that you don't have to wait around for anyone to open the door for you you know maybe all you really need is is a person to open their the front door of their house to you yeah and you're on your way like this is something that you can do starting five minutes from right now yeah if you want well i love it because i like you mentioned at the beginning of the interview talking about gatekeepers so many especially artists starting out who could be super talented have an amazing album but hasn't really been playing live that often and it probably happens more now than ever now that people can make such great records at home right it just seems like it's next to impossible to get anyone serious like to book a show they're like mm-hmm. no until you go play the other club down the street and pack it out then we'll talk totally. and you're like but i've got people that can that that support me that can could start me on this journey now and then leave all that crap behind. Well, so. yeah. Or, you know, if it if still is your goal to play that club, maybe you incubate your audience in that city via yeah. house concerts first and then yeah. say, look, I just played five house concerts in this town for 20 people each. Now can I play your club? Yeah. You know, like they, maybe that's a way to go. I mean, I'm not going to do that, but if, if that's what you're interested <laughs> in doing, <laughs> you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Again, the, the the name of the book is No Booker, No Bouncer, No Bartender, How I Made 25K on a Two-Month House Concert Tour. Oh, and I, I think at the beginning, I forgot to mention, and, and How You Can Too. And How You Can Too. I think the title would have been longer, but you ran out of room on the cover. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it's great info in there. And um, even if even if it's just something you're curious about, you should pick it up and, and read through it. I'm always, I'm always happy when artists, I mean, that's the reason why I started this podcast, because I'm just a curious person myself. Yeah. And I'm always just interested when artists really write down their experience and, and how they went about something in great detail. Mm-hmm. So if you want the details, not just the fluff, her book has it. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you, Shannon. Thanks, and, Kevin. And uh, we'll be watching your, your next tour and see how it goes. Right on. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Again, Shannon's book is called No Booker, No Bouncer, No Bartender, How I Made $25,000 on a Two-Month House Concert Tour. 
and how you can too. You can get that at Amazon. And uh, if you want to find out more information about it, check it out at Shannon's website, shannoncurtis.net. Well, if you've got something you'd like to say or weigh in on, and uh, or if you've played some house concerts and want to share your experience, I encourage you to do so. Check out the comment section for this episode of the podcast or email us, podcast at cdbabypodcast.com. Or you can call our listener line at 360-524-2209. Well, now we're going to end the show with a song off of Shannon's new album. The song is called I Am With You, and the album name is Metaforma. Check it out.
You've been listening to the CD Baby DIY Musician Podcast, broadcasting from Portland, Oregon, USA. 